can't tell if the chemistry is good by looking at it. It wasn't clear yesterday. For the last time, the saltwater pool is a chlorine pool. This is the Talking Pools podcast with pool pros from every region in the country. If it happens in a pool, you'll hear about it here. Everything from tips and hacks to the latest tricks and trends, breaking news. We lay it on the line. We tell it like it is because we think you deserve to know. Hey guys, it's Heather on the Talking Pools podcast with Hump Days with Heather. I hope you're having an amazing day today. I just got in from the field today on one of our builds and I'm a little stressed and a little like, ee. so I want to give a big shout out though to Jimmy Reed who got me this amazing shirt that I'm wearing. I don't know if you're like looking at it on, on camera or not, but um, I got an awesome shirt from Jimmy. Thank you, Jimmy. I love it. I wear it all the time um trade show so let's talk about the trade shows coming up for a moment we are so excited to get away from the this hustle and bustle to be able to go to the trade show i can't wait we're gonna throw wayne with taylor technology a huge shindig party um it is set for give me one second i should know this already Oh my God, hold on, hold on. It is set for, and I think Derek Todd actually posted this in several of the groups for his retirement party. So go check that out. It's going to be amazing. Anyways, it is set for November 14th from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time at the Convention Center in Las Vegas at the show. And it's going to be in room W as in water. 216. So again, room W216 set for November 14th from 5 to 8 p.m. I had to double check to make sure I didn't get the date wrong. So that's going to be fun. If you would like to send me some details for Wayne, like a, a video, a memoir, some pictures or something, please send that to me so we can get this nice presentation done for him that I'm doing. Wayne, if you're listening, you have to wait and see what that is. So anyways, so today I just want to talk about build business stuff, okay? So this pool build that I'm doing, Cassandra, my office assistant, bless her heart, she's just learning the pool building side on the on the accounting side because I normally handle all of that, right? I'm normally in the field dealing with it and then I'm also doing the accounting for it. I do the estimates for it and so on and so forth. And she's trying to figure out all this hustle and bustle so I created this wonderful Excel spreadsheet for my pool building. Um, if you want a copy of it, shoot Rudy a message and I can have him send it to you. Um, it helps me a lot. It doesn't have every single little item on there, of course, for a pool build, but it has a majority of the things in there. It has a nice calculations that I'm already in there. So those people that are having issues inside of QuickBooks to be able to do your estimating, I created an Excel spreadsheet because I got asked several times for something similar to that. This took me a lot of time to do, so please treat with respect. Um, if you see something you want me to add to it, let me know. I can easily add it to you for the most part. I'm not going to do that for every individual person, um, but that's going to help y'all with 
your profit margins because the spreadsheet that I created has at the very bottom, it'll give you your overhead profit. As long as you enter all your numbers up top, like they're supposed to for the correct way, because, you know, I always talk and stress about numbers and making sure your accounting is there. So Cassandra's trying to read through the spreadsheet and she's like, this is so simple even for her to use. And she can understand what we're doing when we get orders in and pay our vendors and so on and so forth. So I created that and I use her kind of as a as a test thing for that. So you can actually see what's there. So if you want that, shoot us an email. I'll be glad to send that over to you. I also had another phone call just this week from somebody here in Dallas asking for some help and to post this on the podcast. So I asked, somebody called and asked about a client that they're having and asked how y'all would deal with this. So they're another pool builder here in the Metroplex. And this is a listener question. She just didn't want to be on the podcast with this because she's a little embarrassed. Um, But nonetheless, she builds fiberglass pools, and I don't know a lot about fiberglass pools, so I told her what I thought would be helpful, but of course, I told her I would definitely reach out to the podcast. So she has this client that she's building this fiberglass pool, and as everybody knows, the fiberglass pool is a lot easier process, in my opinion, from what I've read, than building a gun night pool. And the hump, well, not really the hump, I'm sorry, there is a hump, supposedly, Um, the client said that there's a hump in the tanning ledge on the fiberglass, like when they're actually filled with water and swimming, like she can feel a hump on the tanning ledge. I personally don't know what would have caused that if they graded it straight, which she said that they did and they put it in and it fit perfectly. And there was no hump there prior to filling up with water. I don't know enough about fiberglass to be able to answer that. So if y'all do shoot us a comment, an email, whatnot that can help that question. And I can pass it along to the builder here that asked that. Um, I, the only thing that I can think of was they didn't grade it and it it humped, but she's like, no, we graded it perfectly and there was no hump. So I don't know how to answer that. So hopefully y'all do. Launch your product with the Talking Pools podcast by placing your ad here. For information on sponsoring the Hump Days with Heather podcast, contact us at talkingpools at gmail.com. Another question. So this, by the way, this episode is just going to be like questions that I've been asked the last two to three weeks. I've had a lot of people call my office or shoot me an email to ask these questions on the podcast. And I know, Rudy, I'm sorry. I know you want to get more people on the podcast. I forgot to ask a couple of them, so I'm sorry. Um, Anyways, so this one is how do we address customers in the pool building process when we have engineer change orders? versus contract. Okay. First hand for this for me, because I'm literally going through that right now. All of my pool builds, everybody that knows me knows when I build pools, they have engineer specs. They have soil samples, the very first thing I do, and then engineer specs. So I had a client call me and be like, hey, you know, we had our very first engineer come out. My contract that she signed says this, but the engineer had us do this instead of what's in the contract. So 
I didn't do a change order at the time. And we just did what the engineer plan says, which one supersedes one or the other. I will tell you, I am not an attorney. So please consult with an attorney. That's going to be my disclaimer for this. I just do what I, what I do, right? So what I do is in my contract, it states that if there's engineer plans, that engineer plan supersedes whatever she has been signed and we're going to build it to the engineer specs because the contract and ours says, you know, what kind of returns we're doing, what the depth is, what the risers are, you know, so on and so forth, what the equipment is, that sort of stuff. And then, of course, all the legal mumbo jumbo that, that goes into that, like if the pool pops or if we have cave so on and so forth. But if you have an engineer that does plan, so my contract covers us for that. If we have engineer plans that doesn't match up with what we put in the original contract, that states that my engineer plan supersedes what's in my contract that they signed. Again, I am not an attorney. That's just what we do. So make sure that you consult with your local attorney for that. And then if for whatever reason you forget to put that in there, just have them do it or have you do a change order and shoot that change order over to that customer. So they can't say, well, you didn't tell me that. Well, Mr. and Mrs. So-and-so, here's your signed change order that states that, hey, my contract said this, but we're superseding that with the attorney, excuse me, not with the attorney, but with what the engineer plan is. That way all bases are covered and it keeps you non-liable because again, Building, you definitely want to make sure that all your liabilities are minimized to the best of your ability because building is a huge thing. Next question that I had asked was, how do you know what size rebar to use and what your center on center needs to be? That is a very good question. So for me, because I like to be a little overzealous in my stuff, I go based on what my engineer says. I don't ever assume because every time I do, I'm freaking wrong. And most of mine are number four rebars with 12 inch center on center. That's probably a good majority of what I do. But every single one that I do, that's what my engineer says to do. If you want to change your, you know, eight, some people do eight inch center on centers. I can't tell you what personally to do. So I always say consult with your engineer to be able to answer that question because every pool is different, like based on your soil and your rock and your foundation work, because that makes a huge difference in the structure of that pool. And for me, that's why I always consult with an engineer. And I will tell you, everybody's like, you over-engineer your pools. Well, I kind of do in some form or fashion because my engineers, they focus on the pool building side and that's all they do. So sometimes they are a little over-engineered. Example, this build that we're doing, I didn't, I didn't check my scale on it like a dumb shit. And he has a two inch clearance from because we're doing double mat on this pool build. So we've got a we've got void boxes. So my void boxes are four inches. And then I've got my my masonite board and my six mil on top of that. So I've got a six inch from soil before my first mat. Well, my first mat is actually another three inch from my void boxes. So you have that void between your rebar, right? And then that next set mat, the engineer had it at five inch well if i did a five inch from my first mat to my second mat that left me with the two inch clearance from the rebar to the top and i'm like no 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 i need a minimum of three inch clearance because i don't want to bleed through right everybody knows that rebar can bleed through over the years and three inches like perfect and he's like well according to code which he is 
accurate because my engineer is definitely to code. He's like, you only need a two inch clearance. Well, that is accurate per code. I like to be a little bit more zealous. So I had to have him rerun the numbers on the job site where we were there waiting because I forgot to scale that clearance and I didn't look at it and reran the numbers and he okayed us for the three inch clearance instead of the two inch clearance for that. So guys and gals, when you're reading these plans, make sure you you check your scales all the way because some of ours, our scales are different. Like he has some of them at like one versus five eights versus three eight. You know, it's, uh, I hate reading plans. I will just tell everybody I hate reading plans. Um, anyways, and then he has a shoot our shotcrete at 12 inch thickness instead of eight and 10 inch on walls and floors. So, which is fine. You know, I like to do 12 inch for the most part anyways, but I know some of the shotcrete people do eight and 10 inch on floors and walls versus the 12 inch. So like that, we had to go back and change because my contract says eight and eight and 10. And I had to go back and and change that with the concrete to do 12 inch walls. So that's going to be a little different in there as well. So again, I guess to answer all these questions, to sum it up, make sure you have an engineer check because I am not an engineer and I don't want to give somebody the wrong information, whether it be how to build properly with what your soles are and your conditions are for your local area, as well as what your legality ramifications are if you forget to put something in your contract, because I don't do that. I can just tell you what I do. And those were the only questions that I got asked this week to be on the podcast. So hopefully that answers them and we can move forward. And I hope to see y'all in Vegas. I am going to go. I'm trying to get hubby to go too, but it really kind of depends on kiddo and all that fun, happy jazz. So nonetheless, I will talk to y'all again next week. Thanks. Bye guys. I just wanted to take a minute to say thank you for listening today. I'm hoping you enjoyed the episode as much as we enjoyed putting it together for you. Listen, it's been a couple of wacky, crazy, screwed up years from pandemic to Poolmageddon. I just want you to know that we are all in this together. If there's anything that we can do for you, send me an email at talkingpools at gmail.com. Again, that's talkingpools at gmail.com. We're here. This is your podcast. We are the Pool People's Podcast of the Pool People for the Pool People by the Pool People's Podcast. This one is about you. So thank you for tuning in and listening. Do me a favor. Click subscribe before you go. That way you don't miss an episode. 